Welcome to the Multifamily Five, where industry experts provide raw information about how they are achieving success in the current market conditions. And now, your host, Dallas-based real estate broker, Mark Allen. And welcome to the Multifamily Five. Today, I have Dr. Ryan Davis. Dr. Davis, how's it going? Great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Dr. Davis is with Witten Advisors. Uh, Dr. Davis received a PhD degree in economics from the University of Texas at Dallas. And then upon completion of his PhD program, um, Ryan joined Witten Advisors as a senior economist. And uh, previously, Ryan was vice president of Royal Bank of Canada's Capital Markets Division, where he was responsible for originating, underwriting, and closing multifamily and commercial mortgages for inclusion in CMBS pools and for sale to Fannie and Freddie. Before RBC, Ryan was a director at BMC Capital, a multifamily and commercial mortgage banking firm. Um, today, Ryan uh, serves as director of research and client services at Witten Advisors, and in this role, Ryan provides fact-based research analysis and discussion to help clients formulate their apartment marketing strategies. This insight informs investment decisions for multifamily development and buy-sell opportunities. Dr. Davis, I know I switched back from, from Ryan to doctor, uh, but anyways, any, anyone that completes a doctorate program, I like to uh, make sure that I had that doctor title. So great to have sure, you. Sure, yeah, and I, and I, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, doctor is way, way too formal for me. So feel <laughs> free to just use Ryan. <laughs> okay, Ryan's easier, so I'll use Ryan today. So, uh, is there anything I missed there in the introduction, or anything you'd like to add about what you're involved in today or your background? Uh, no, I think you hit it. Um, you covered the the bases pretty pretty well. I would just say, kind of, you know, as a firm, Witten, uh, we take a very strategic, you know, more macro, top down approach to you know multifamily, trying to figure out where each of the major markets are headed uh, three five years from now for for uh, our clients. So just trying to make sense of all of the economic and apartment fundamentals data so, you know, uh, that, that's out there, and more trying to you know connect the dots as uh, as opposed to being just a, you know, a, a data provider. So, Great. Well, let's get into this. So with regard to the current market conditions, specifically speaking to multifamily, uh, can we just discuss high-level points from a national perspective, Texas, and then maybe DFW, because we're all located, uh, or you and I are located here in Dallas-Fort Worth, um, you know, maybe some high-level supply-demand, what's going on with supply-demand, um, construction this year in 2018, and uh, then maybe, you know, rent occupancy absorption. Uh, if you want to start there. Sure, absolutely. Just you know, begin from the U.S. perspective. So uh, we're in kind of the, the era of peak supply right now. We delivered roughly 320,000 units last year, and that looks to uh, be firming to about 350,000 units uh, this year. And then it will tail off uh, eventually, but still we got um, a lot of new projects that are competing uh, with each other to, to get uh, that leased up. And while rental starts, new rental starts have slowed down uh, recently, that still doesn't help us with uh, just the, the number of projects that are trying to go from you know 0% occupancy all the way up to the stabilization. 
And so, and you have to go back to the you know, 1980s to see this amount of product, um, new, uh, this amount of new product being, uh, you know, trying to get leased up. And that was back when the, the baby boomers were just entering uh, the, the workforce. So it's you know three decade uh, level highs of uh, kind of completions hitting the, the marketplace. The good good thing is that there has been uh, the, the demand there to, to fill up the, the units. So occupancy has been essentially you know, stable at close to you know, 96% um, you know, occupancy nationwide. But what has uh, uh, yeah, been, uh, been affected is rent growth, that is uh, owner's pricing power. And so while these units are getting leased up, they're it's, they're getting leased up at a price, so there's a you can uh, you know fill up all the units, but what's going to suffer is your ability to push rents. And so we've seen rent growth go from a, a peak of five and a half percent nationwide back in 2015 and through the most of 2016, uh, decelerate to about two and a half percent year over year uh, in the most recent data through the first quarter of this year, which is a little bit uh, less than than. Uh, the, the long-term norm. So uh, we're getting uh, all these units uh, filled, but uh, the ability to continue to uh, increase rents has been uh, in, impacted. Uh, the same trends carry over to the Texas uh, market, so that is uh, most of them. Uh, kind of at, at one extreme is, is Austin, which is saw uh, rent growth essentially stall uh, la- last year, and that's just due to the, ele- the continued elevated uh, number of new projects being delivered there. Austin was one of the first markets to uh, to you know, really led the, the re- recovery, and so we, we saw just the starts come back um, more quickly there than in many other markets across the country. And so just year after year of continued uh, supplies really weighing uh, on Austin. At the other extreme is Houston, which had been hurting uh, before the the hurricane hit uh, last year. Uh, And then the the hurricane hit took off a lot of uh, housing supply overall, not just apartments, but single family, et cetera. And so there was a, a big demand for short-term rentals in, in Houston, and so we got an occupancy pop, but it looks like the damage units that were taken offline or have now, most of them have come come back online now, and a lot of those leases were short-term leases, and so occupancy uh, looks to be about uh, you know a stable, essentially, uh, where we've gotten some pop in, in rent growth. From, we were, before pre-Harvey, we were minus 2%, but now it looks like we're about uh, Four percent. So, I mean, a dramatic improvement over overnight. Um, and so, you can compare that. You know, Austin's you know rent growth stalling, but you know, Houston about four uh, percent. Uh, in San Antonio, pretty uh, much you know steady uh, as she goes to two and a half percent rent increases. And then uh, in in DFW, uh, we've seen Fort Worth outperform all the Texas markets. Uh, for the past you know, three years or so, continues to increase rents by about four and a half percent. And the reason why Fort Worth has experienced outside growth is because we haven't seen the construction uh, ramp up as we have in, in so many other markets. Uh, that was until uh, about the later part of, of 2016 and into to 2017. And so new starts 
really uh, went from about a 3,000 unit annual pace in Fort Worth and essentially doubled to 6,000 units. Uh, and so those projects are going to be delivered beginning in the later part of this year and into to 2019. So I like to describe it as kind of think of the Jaws music, Donna. Donna, and it just uh, it's a, that's the supply problem that's looming uh, out there on the the horizon. Uh, so this this peak supply is, is coming for for uh, for Fort Worth, and then in, in Dallas uh, we've seen new uh, you know the new construction uh, escalate really uh, about a year earlier than Fort Worth in 2014, 2015 or so, uh, spiked to you know, 25,000 units. We think it should continue about 20,000 units on a yearly basis. So just lots of supply uh, hitting hitting Dallas, rent growth about uh, 2%, uh, underperforming its its long-term norm. So kind of the, the takeaway is that um, the occupancy is essentially stable, maybe softening uh, you know, slightly. Um, so there, there is you know, plenty of demand for all of these new apartments being built. It's just that uh, rent growth will uh, typically, you know, a slight or just slightly uh, underperform. So we're going to more normal levels of you know, operating fundamentals. The kind of the heyday, the golden era for apartments was from 2013 through the first half of 2016. And we just can all uh, received outsized you know, returns. Um, and so since then, uh, the returns have, have moderated. And so we expect going forward more normal uh, rates of, of return. Okay, great. Yeah. And along with that uh, rent growth, we also have seen a price appreciation through the roof. Um, and, you know, you put a, in some of these sub markets in Dallas, Fort Worth, at least six, seven, eight percent rent growth. Um, and you use average rents of somewhere around 700. And you look at that rent growth, you put a seven cap on that. And that's where you see a lot of this price appreciation. I, I did the math recently and it was somewhere around 8,000 a unit a year. So with that rent growth slowing, and I, I'd also assume prices would uh, start to, or price appreciation would start to slow as well. Um, but anyways, that, that's great. So it's a good high level um, look at the market, the current market conditions. What are your expectations for 2019 and beyond, specifically speaking to the Texas markets? Sure. So we think that Houston, yeah, it, it got its uh, pop after Hurricane Harvey, and initially after the the, the hurricane, there are all these different estimates of how many units were being you know, that were taken out of uh, out of the housing you know, stock, and uh, it ends up that the initial estimates right after the hurricane were overinflated, and so everyone came out and said, oh my goodness, you know, there's been so many units taken out, you know, rent growth is going to spike to 9, you know, 10% uh, in, in Houston. Uh, since then, we've got more clarity on the actual number of units uh, taken off, and, and a lot of them have come back on probably more quickly than a lot of folks anticipated. And so while we've gotten a, a pop uh, in terms of occupancy and rent growth uh, in Houston, uh, it just, uh, it was just, it's more of a short-term uh, you know, benefit. Um, you know, just thinking back to where Houston was before the hurricane, we'd seen uh, 2% rent, uh, rent declines 
you know, market wide. And so that top of the market product was seeing, you know, probably 5% uh, declines or even in sub uh, uh, markets where there was just a lot of uh, competition, many you know, new projects opening up, probably you know, 10% declines. And so, um, and that you know, the, and then in addition, it just it's uh, you know economy. Um, you know, 2012, 2014 added over 120,000 jobs uh, in in Houston uh, alone. And so, uh, but beginning in late 2014, oil went from $100 a barrel to you know 40, and then you know further declined to you know below $30 since. Come back. I think it hit seventy dollars um, yesterday. And so while we we do think the economy is on much you know sounder uh, footing going forward, we aren't going back to those fantastic rates of of economic growth that we saw uh, earlier on. And so going forward in in Houston, we think that you know that's uh, going to trend towards you know two and a half three percent you know rent growth nothing uh, spectacular but nothing uh, particularly bad uh, as well and so Houston's one uh, an outlier in the sense that we do think uh, new construction will increase from current levels we saw starts go from 25,000 to 5,000 units last year right and so um, we think that uh, new construction is bottoming in Houston so we expect more uh, more deliveries ahead and that would just you know, put a, a cap on on rent growth in Austin we're a little bit more uh, optimistic we saw mentioned earlier we saw rent growth just stall uh, last year and that's completely a supply problem the, the, the demand in its economy uh, is there we're filling up the units the economy is growing by three and a half percent which is actually uh, the leader in terms of the 43 major markets that we uh, cover and so we think that this is kind of a, a short-term um, you know, stall in, in pricing power and we think rent growth should uh, affirm uh, through this year and maintain about three percent uh, rent growth going forward. San Antonio, again, it's just kind of not as, as exciting. Uh, and so, uh, again, it, 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 the new supply is steady, call it six to 8,000 units a year. And then, uh, you know, rent growth about two and a half percent. Then in uh, DFW, we think Fort Worth mentioned all that new supply that's, that's looming uh, in Fort Worth. We think that the demand will we'll fill up all those units and but and rent growth actually holds up a little bit uh, better. We think it just softens from the four and a half, five percent levels currently towards three, three and a half percent. And then uh, in uh, Dallas, which is uh, much, yeah, two years ahead of uh, Fort Worth, in addition, we don't think supply is going to pull back all that much over the next uh, you know, several years, uh, about average growth between you know two two and a half percent or so. So that's kind of you know, what what we see. Just a, a lot of uh, absorption ahead, but also just a lot of uh, competition in, in projects trying to to get leased up. And those you got to offer you know some concessions. Concessions right now uh, probably minimum is a one month free. But then as you get into certain locales that are competing against. Uh, you know, recently built products, but also products that are trying to get leased up. Uh, you know, those are you know two months free, and we've heard in some cases three. Um, but it just all depends on the the, the certain uh, you know pockets and how many uh, new projects are are located there.
Okay. And you probably are tired of this next question. And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but given where we're at in uh, this current economic cycle, what may cause the next economic contraction? Um, will it, you know, will it be a contraction? Will it be a, a recession? Um, what will that look like and how will, it, how will it affect rents, occupancy, and values? Sure. It's, it's, it's bad business to, to predict uh, recessions um, in, in our world. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, no one uh, you know, knows exactly you know, when it's going to uh, occur. We're probably closer to the next one than we were yesterday, but that's probably as definitive of, of a statement that uh, you know, we can make. Um, you know, things that you know, our clients are concerned about are you know the is if the yield curve is going to you know invert which historically that's been a powerful predictor uh you know of a, a recession now there's arguments that you know that doesn't necessarily you know well it hasn't inverted yet but it is um you know getting you know flatter um but then there's you know also an argument today that you know that doesn't mean the same thing and and uh you know today's economy uh so our clients are, are worried about um, you know that and just kind of you know looking at that and you know, what that what that means. Uh, in addition, probably more kind of you know, policy uh, related you know question marks. That is, you know, are you know if tariffs are enacted on a you know widespread basis, you know what does that do to um, you know construction costs and steel, et cetera, and also you know immigration policy when I mean there's a severe uh, labor shortage in construction right now it, does that get exacerbated and do construction costs continue uh, to, to rise so um, there's no you know, kind of you know, one thing that's you know kind of screaming at us you know right now as far as you know flashing red you know recession uh, indicators the one thing that we have going for our economy right now is that this expansion uh, hasn't been as robust compared to prior uh, cycles and so we theoretically have a or in a lower for longer uh, environment and so those those excesses that tend to, to build up and then spill over and and end up uh, you know, in in recessions, we just haven't you know kind of you know built built up in, in this uh, economic cycle so far. And you know, just you know thinking back, we've had you know Brexit and Grexit and um, just all kinds of you know the fiscal cliffs and all kinds of you know uh, you know concerns and oil prices are you know too high and now oil prices are too low and it's just the economy has continued to you know chug ahead and uh, generate you know lots of jobs even though that the the number of jobs uh, is that we're generating on a year-over-year basis right now is you know, lower compared to prior economic expansions, the, it's all due to demographics. I mean, that's the, probably the most underappreciated aspect of the economic environment that we're in right now is that we have this huge uh, group of people called the baby boomers that are retiring. Uh, lots of them are retiring. Um, and those are just being offset by the young adults entering the, the workforce. And so in going back to the 80s and 90s, you know, the, there were these um, the huge uh, groups of people moving into the workforce and there weren't as many retiring now. They're just kind of 
offsetting each other. And so um, that's just, you know, kind of uh, making those aggregate numbers um, look you know, worse than uh, they are. And, you know, the, the kind of that, that's justified in the unemployment rate, which is currently you know, 4%. Um, and so we're essentially, you know, at uh, full, full employment. So the economy has been uh, very good. Um, you know, the in kind of the demographic forces also um, factor into wage growth. Everyone says, "Oh, wage growth has only been, you know, two, two and a half percent, et cetera." But if you look, at Atlanta Fed actually uh, publishes a you know, uh, an index that. Uh, hopes to account for those you know, age differences with higher paid baby boomers retiring, being replaced by uh, younger, uh, lower earning individuals. And looking at that metric, uh, wage growth is higher at three and a half, almost 4% in some cases. So uh, I just think that the, the demographic um, you know, forces are, are playing into to, you know, the, this uh, economy, and then just looking at uh, you know a sheer age of an economic expansion just doesn't concern us just by, by itself. Um, I mean, looking at the you know, Australia's economy, right? It's been uh, in expansion for you know 25 plus years. So um, you know, just uh, we don't. I guess to come back and answer your question directly. We aren't too concerned right now about any, you know, the, you know, a recession, you know, that that's uh, imminent. So, okay, great. And then switching from the economy and the market conditions and multifamily over to Witten Advisors, and knowing that many of the listeners are you know, private, whether they be you know, syndicators or high net worth uh, to institutional family offices, so on and so forth. So it, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, how are you helping clients at Witten Advisors today? Sure. Yeah. Cause uh, like I mentioned uh, at the onset, we're more advisory uh, in nature. And so we try and you know, take uh, all of the data and try and, you know, uh, Put it, you know, through our, our models and our analysis and our uh, research, and try and figure out what all this means for you know, markets um, three, you know, five years uh, from now. And so, kind of how uh, how we help our clients, which are uh, typically you know, developers, you know, nationwide developers, also some regional. Um, you know, the merchant builders, the uh, owner operators, and private equity groups, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but what we do on a quarterly basis is that we issue uh, reports for our 43 major markets that that we follow, and try and take the the highlights and kind of what are the most important uh, data points for uh, each of the, these markets, and uh, put together a you know, concise uh, you know kind of outlook on where we see you know each market uh, going, and so clients have access to that, and then we also have. Uh, conference calls each quarter. We have an all-client conference call where all of our clients dial in and we talk for an hour on what the, the key trends uh, are. And then for the certain clients, we have uh, client-specific conference calls. And so some of our uh, groups are interested in only you know, California or the Southeast markets. And so we tailor presentations that drill down on 
just uh, th- those markets. And then you jump on the phone with their team for, for an hour and we just uh, you know, bounce ideas and questions, et cetera, just trying to formulate their uh, market uh, strategy. And kind of the, the third piece, in addition to uh, reports and calls, is just uh, ad hoc research. And so, uh, you know, a clients at a, a conference and hear something and you know is you know can that be true or is there any data to, to back that up to you know there's um, the groups trying to go out and raise money uh, from investors and trying to tell the the multifamily uh, story and how their you know strategy um, it delivers outsized returns uh, and so we help craft um, you know those investment pitches so that's the three main uh, areas that we service our clients is you know reports uh, you know more formal conference calls and then just in general just you know kind of ad hoc uh, research okay and for those listeners that want to reach out to you what's the best way to get in touch Sure. Go to our, our website, www.wittenadvisors.com, W-I-T-T-E-N. Uh, no relationship to Jason Witten. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, go to our website or, or shoot me an email, rdavis at wittenadvisors.com. Great, Ryan. Thank you so much for your time today and providing some valuable information for all the listeners, including uh, market conditions, what's going on in the multifamily market, as well as uh, the, the economy, local and national, um, and providing some information about Witten Advisors as well. Um, thanks so much, and have a wonderful rest of your day. You're very welcome.